0: Welcome to A Wild New Work, Ecological Guidance for Your Career. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, writer, and consultant based in Portland, Oregon. This monthly podcast is designed to support you in taking intentional, wise, soul-centered action in your career, and it's all based on the wisdom of nature. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm really looking forward to offering some concrete ways that you can work with the pain that comes up in your career, which of course is inevitable. It happens for all of us. Um, Often before I record a podcast, I have a little invocation that I say as sort of a a way to set an intention for this offering, this work. Um, Everything I do in my work has a sort of sacred flavor to it because that's what is meaningful to me so I whether it's lighting a candle before I meet with a client or burning something to kind of clear the air or saying an invocation or setting an intention these are all ways that I um, connect with my work at a more meaningful level and I realized that um, maybe it would be helpful to even share this invocation with you and so that it's something we can kind of all get behind and all put our intention behind. So um, as I say this little blessing or prayer or invocation, just see how it resonates with you in your body. And if it does resonate with you, I encourage you to place your hand on your heart or um, take a deep breath during it so that we can all sort of, um, you know, engage with this blessing may this work bless each of you who receives it may it empower you to step into what feels true and resonant for you may this podcast episode this work bless all creatures living and dead four-legged two-legged plant the creatures in the sea and all others may this work bless the ancestors of the land that i am on the chinook people and the ancestors of each of us listening May each of us be happy, healthy, and whole. And so it is. Well, the fall is by far my favorite time of year. It feels so magical and mysterious and ripe with um, change. And to me, it made a lot of sense to talk about loss in our careers at this time because we see it all around us. We see the leaves dying on the trees and falling to the ground we see the crops you know ending their life and um, either being harvested or dying and composting into the soil we see things coming to an end in our natural world and a lot of times that can feel kind of unsettling especially in our culture where life happens at full speed all the time. Um, I don't know of any organizations that work differently in the fall. You know, there may be seasonal work and shifts like that, but I don't know of any organizations where there's real intentional change when the seasons change and um, a kind of open invitation to work in a way that is slower, that's more attuned to the number of hours that we have daylight now, which of course will change again with daylight savings and um, our days will get shorter and shorter until the winter solstice in December. Um, So when we're surrounded by endings in the natural world as we prepare for the winter and the depths of the darkness, um, I think there can be resistance to that because it feels like our lives aren't set up to mimic that in the way that our ancestors' lives were. So we don't have to do anything to kind of embrace the season around us. If it feels good to you to start being cognizant of how much energy you're spending each day to start noticing how the day gets darker earlier and maybe go to bed earlier or do less in the evenings or sleep in a little in the mornings, I encourage you to do that. Um, but we can talk about it and be impacted by it at a more metaphorical level as well, and especially when we're talking about grief in our careers. Um, The English language is so ill-equipped to talk about death and grief, and its um, I don't like that I have to use the same words as I would use when talking about the loss of a a loved one or um, deep, deep pain and grief. So, just know that as I talk about this, I'll use the same language that we use when talking about um, you know, the loss of dear, dear loved ones, um, but it's not me trying to be callous. It's just the limitations of our language. Um, if feelings come up for you around grief that are really strong and you feel like it would be helpful, um, I always recommend Megan Devine's work. Um, she wrote a book called It's Okay to Not... It's okay that you're not okay, and I'll put a link to her website in the show notes um, so that you have that, but um, I think it's helpful for everyone to learn more about grief and how to process grief, but especially if that is acute for you um, and you don't know about her work already, I would recommend it. Um, Before I get into what grief looks like in our careers and how to work with it and move forward in a way that doesn't limit us, um, I want to tell you about my coaching program that's enrolling until October 23rd, so it's less than a week away. Um, The program is called A Wild New Work, and I intentionally scheduled it to begin in the fall. It begins on the same day that the sun moves into Scorpio. Um, It begins as fall is deeply underway as we are looking at what to clear away, what leaves in our lives need to fall to the ground, what needs to be composted, what is ready to be harvested, and what is ready to be gone, you know, out of our lives and so that we can grow and step into work that is truly meaningful for us and that's truly in alignment with our gifts. Um, The process is a one-on-one process. It begins at the same time for everyone, but it is an individual program. It includes nine one-on-one sessions with me, either in person in Portland or over the phone or Skype. We meet over six months, um, so between now and the spring equinox in March. There are accountability check-ins via journaling prompts between our sessions so that you continue to build really tremendous momentum through the process. Um, There will be opening, closing, intention-setting, and cleansing rituals that I will give you and walk you through so that you are truly creating um, energetic shifts in your life and opening up to the change that is in your highest good. There are guided meditations. It includes an in-depth tarot reading, um, which is always really transformative and clarifying for clients. And it there's more that I'm not even mentioning. Um, it also includes a free intuitive career reading, which is the in-depth tarot reading. It includes one that you can gift to a friend, which is worth a hundred dollars. So, um, if you're thinking about the holidays or, um, wanting to give something meaningful to someone who is also in career transition, um, that comes with the program. So, This is a really good fit for sensitive, intuitive women who are mid-career, typically working in uh, human resources. I work with a lot of HR professionals since that's my background. It's a good fit for people in management positions, administrative positions, um, anyone who's kind of mid-career who's been doing something for a while and knows that something needs to shift. It's $300 a month for six months, and like I said, the deadline is fast approaching. So um, I'm asking folks to enroll by October 23rd, so that's next Tuesday. And um, the process is to fill out a short application, which is on my website, which I'll include a link to in the show notes. And then if you would like a phone consultation to learn more or just um, connect with me one-on-one before deciding... I'm happy to do that. We just need to schedule it soon. So um, if this feels like it could be helpful to you, um, please go ahead and go to my website and fill out that short application and we'll get the ball rolling. And if it's not, doesn't feel helpful to you at this time, that is totally okay too. Um, If there are others in your life who you know could use some deep, different kind of career support right now, um, please let them know. So that is my announcement. Thanks for (laughs) sticking with me. Let's dive into the content of the podcast. So I want to talk first about what loss is in our careers, because it's not something that I see a lot of us talking about, um, but it's rampant, and it happens for each of us. And when we don't work with the emotions or the stories that come up as a result of loss, they get transmuted and they show up in weird kind of sticky ways later in our careers. Um, When I talk about loss, I mean anything from being laid off, being fired. Um, It could be the literal death of a colleague. It could be a missed promotion. It could be feeling stagnant, like a career path didn't pan out the way you wanted. It could even be things associated with positive change, so leaving a job but feeling guilty about leaving your other one. Um, It could be feeling excited for someone who gets a promotion, but having the same sorts of feelings of envy or inadequacy. It could be um, deciding to go to grad school and realizing at the end that that was maybe not the best decision, just one that I can empathize with. So um, all of these things count as loss or grief in our careers. It's essentially anything that triggers an emotional response of um, sadness or anger or grief or um, denial. It can show up in many different ways, and it's a fluid, fluid process, so it's kind of hard to talk about, but we need to talk about it because it shows up for each of us. Um, When I was thinking about this topic and putting it together for you, I thought of a um, situation I had in college. I was nannying as I was in school and I worked for a pretty wealthy family in Seattle um, and they had two kids that I nannied and really adored and they were a really sweet family. Um, I met them at the church I was going to at at the time. Um, I'm yeah, I'm not religious anymore, but I was at this time in my life was pretty devout Christian. So I met them at church and they were involved in the church and I was nannying for them and um, I had worked for them for, I want to say like almost a year, maybe less. Um, and one day the mom who I'll call Jody, um, she came to me as I was there and she asked if I had seen a certain expensive handbag that she had and she described it. And I remember seeing it at some point around the house and I told her that, yeah, I knew which one she was talking about, but I hadn't seen it lately. And, um, that was that. And I went home and went about my life and, um, I still worked with them the next couple of weeks, but then about two weeks later, she brought it up again and asked again. And I said, no, I still hadn't seen it. Um, you know, could it be here? Could it be there? She said, no. And then I left again. And then about a week later, um, she fired me because she thought that I stole her very expensive handbag. And, Of course I didn't. Um, And it felt horrible. Um, It was surprising. It felt wrong. Um, You know, I had built a relationship with these kids and didn't get to see them anymore. Um, I lost the income that I had counted on. I didn't have any sort of security. You know, I didn't have savings. Um, It was a big change in my routine. It was embarrassing. You know, I I had other friends at the church that would know them, and what if they told them that I stole things? And that was um, hugely impactful to my social network at the time. So it felt really, really awful. Um, and you know, I was, I think, resilient enough to not get not be devastated by it, but it still um, it still made me feel like somehow I was bad, even though I didn't steal her handbag. It made me feel like um, like maybe I wasn't trustworthy or, you know, what if people hear that I did this and they think that it's true because they don't see me as someone who's trustworthy and all of these stories in my head that that were triggered by this experience. So, you know, I went about my life and I got another nanny gig and a couple of months later I heard from Jody and she asked if we could have dinner and I thought that was kind of weird but I said okay and And so we went, and sure enough, um, she found the handbag months later, and she apologized and, you know, said how sorry she felt and um, that it was, you know, really wrong of her to do that and jump to assumptions, but she didn't know what else to do. And, you know, it was kind of awkward, and it still didn't feel totally resolved by the end. But I did feel validated and, like, good that um, this person kind of came full circle and admitted that what happened wasn't great, but a lot of us don't get that resolution in our careers when something negative happens. You know, if we are fired from a job or laid off or we quit unexpectedly, um, oftentimes there's sort of this cloud hanging over us. Like what if we see those people in public or, um, what if it impacts my references from my next job or, you know, should I circle back and, um, try to explain what happened or explain myself and there can be these feelings of just real pain because it doesn't feel resolved or tied up or um, or ended, right? And our brains don't like those loose ends. We fixate on them and want to resolve them and fix them, um, which can oftentimes lead to us doing things that dig us deeper into a hole or uh, promote further miscommunication, right? When we have something like that happen, whether it's getting fired or laid off or something really um, traumatic happens in our career, in our workplace, or even if it, it can be very small, even if it's just going into a new job and just feeling bad or feeling guilty about leaving your current team. When we don't recognize that that's happening, that there's something evoking feelings inside of us, and when we don't see and name and sort of make space for those feelings in our lives, we we end up repeating many of the same patterns that got us there in the first place. So um, like I said before, when the situation is unresolved, we can do things to try and um, resolve it or make sense of it in our next job. And much of this is unconscious. So it could be Um, talking really negatively about your last employer in your interview and not even realizing that you're doing it until you're doing it and it's too late. Um, It could be being afraid that you're going to be laid off at your next job. So kind of self-sabotaging and wanting to get there first, right, before someone can do it themselves. Um, It could be, um, you know, if you feel guilty about leaving a job for something, you could show up at your next role in a place of kind of diminished worth or subservience because you don't feel good or proud to be there because you have feelings of guilt and energy that's stuck in your last role, right? So when we stuff down the feelings that are happening or the experiences we're having, they will still come out but they might come out in weird ways or it might come out as aggression at home or frustration you know, with our families. It might come out in weird ways in our new job or during our job search. So it's really important that we see what's happening and give ourselves the space to process the grief and the feelings of loss that come up inevitably in our careers. So I want to share some ways that you can handle this experience in a way that doesn't um, that kind of works with the energy and lets it move up and out and through you so that it doesn't come up and sabotage you later. And the first most important thing, of course, is just to let it exist and to really be so like overly sweet to yourself at this time and to talk to yourself as if you are a young, young person who can't understand a lot of complexity around emotions. Um, My daughter is 18 months old and she is a great teacher in self-acceptance and working with my emotions because what helps her when she's really frustrated isn't for me to say, you really shouldn't be frustrated about that. It's not a big deal. Get over it. You know, you need to be mature here. That doesn't do anything to help the temper tantrum. What helps is me getting on her level, touching her body and saying "I'm sorry you're really frustrated." I could say "I can see you're really frustrated," and I just sit with her and usually the tantrum just kind of dissipates and we move on with throughout our day and things are fine, but where things get tricky is if I'm trying to push and um, you know for myself if I'm trying to Um, convince myself that I don't feel the way I feel, it makes the feelings a lot bigger. And that means that there's stagnation in my body, and my energy system. It means that the same story is going to rear its ugly head in the next similar situation. So we have to do the same things we would do with an upset toddler. We have to put our hands on our heart or wherever it feels good to you and your body, and we have to say, I'm really frustrated right now. Or I'm really sad. Or it feels really unfair that they laid me off. Or I'm really terrified of what's next. We have to use really simple, clear language with ourselves that is just totally accepting. And ironically, when we do that, the feelings will usually get softer because we've given voice to them. We've let them exist. We're not resisting them. So that's the first most critical step if you take anything away from this podcast I hope that's it to really um just be so accepting and loving to yourself about the feelings that are coming up in your career even if it doesn't feel professional even if it's not something you would ever want to say to anyone else um it's not that we want to stay in those stories and you know wallow constantly but without giving ourselves the space to just feel how we're feeling even if it's embarrassing or you're like I can't believe I feel this strongly just let it be there and then we have to do something with it we have to let it move through um by letting it exist we've given it the space but then we need to move it out and give it room to be away from us or to um, transmute inside of us. And good ways to do that are to write about it in your journal, to cry about it, to do a ritual. Um, You could light a candle and write down all of the things that you're really upset about, all of the, you know, bullshit that you feel like happened at that last job or in that experience, all of the things that you despised about the people there, the boss that fired you, um, all of the things that you feel like are unfair, that is just like shit that you're ready to get rid of. Write it all out. You can rip it up and you can burn it. And you can bury the ashes in your backyard. And it's a way to signal to your body that that part of your life, that story, those experiences that you've been carrying inside of you are gone they're buried, they're composted back into the earth. And if you don't want to do that literally, you can imagine yourself doing it. But writing it and getting it out out of your body on paper is one of the most therapeutic practices you can do. So if you find yourself really um, ruminating on a past experience in your career that still feels really unfair, unjust, painful, um, I think it's a signal that some deeper work needs to be done here. So doing a ritual like that, I bet, could be really helpful. And you may not notice at first that it makes a difference, um, but again, we're talking about energy here. We're talking about things that can't be seen or held or, you know, pointed to, but we feel them and they're real. Um, Other ways to kind of let these things move through you are to tell someone the story. Um, A lot of times I have clients who have pain that they're carrying from other jobs or other experiences and it's really helpful for them to just kind of verbally dump in our sessions because it's a safe container in which they're seen and validated. So if you have a coach or a therapist or a partner or a friend that you trust um, and you want to very intentionally just tell your story about what happened and cry about it and feel seen and then let it, um, let it stay there. And again, kind of bury it and put it away. I encourage you to do that. You know, there's a lot of research that shows that venting is not often helpful because it just reinforces the stories that we tell ourselves about a situation. Um, and I agree that gossiping or, just kind of angrily venting without taking any responsibility. I agree that that's not helpful, and that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is being with someone in a reciprocal, resonant relationship and saying that this is what happened to me, and this is how it felt, and this is what I want to leave behind, and this is what I want to take with me. Um, And talking about that and feeling like it's accepted by someone that you care about and respect is really... Um, very, very helpful for many people. Um, So those are some ways to kind of work with what's coming up. And again, even if you feel like it's something small that you shouldn't be that upset about, um, resisting it and trying to stuff it aside or ignore it isn't going to help you. So however you can see it, write it, tell your story, get it out of your body, let it move through you, you will be well served. Um, the next step that I encourage people to do is to reframe and to really look at the story that you tell about what happened. Um, For each of us, there is a level of personal responsibility in in our experiences, in our careers, of course. Um, You know, if I'm not saying that we are Blameless for everything we do, that we didn't deserve to be fired or laid off. Um, I think the way that organizations do it is really inhumane and unnecessarily cruel, um, but it is where we are. So, um, really look at the story that you're telling yourself about a situation. If you have a story that says um, everyone there was horrible, um, I was the only one who got it, and they don't know what they're missing, um, that's fine. Just get clear about what your story is, and ask yourself if there's any responsibility that you need to take for your part in that situation. Is there any judgment that you have around the people there, the way they worked, the organization? Um, Is there any judgment that you bring to that that is keeping you separate from what you need to learn and take as, a, as an opportunity from that situation. So on a concrete level, um, if you were fired or laid off or if you were passed over for a promotion or if something happened to you that caused you to feel this sense of like loss or grief, um, really own what is yours and take what's yours to take as a learning experience. I'm not saying that you should take all of it. Of course, there are parts of the experience that you don't need to own, that aren't yours to own, that were um, things carried by other people that d- they don't mean that you're bad or that you deserved what happened. But take what's yours to take. So um, like for my example earlier, when Jody fired me for thinking that I took her handbag, um, what's mine to take is... Um, You know There may be things that I did that caused her to think that I was untrustworthy, Um, but I'm not going to take on much of what happened there because I think a lot of it was about her and her bias and her own issues, which just aren't mine to take on. I can't do anything about them. I can't go back and change how she perceived me. I can't go back and... um, tell everyone in that community that I didn't steal it, I can't change what their perceptions of me are today. It's That's hard and it's painful and it doesn't feel good, but what happened happened and we just have no power over it except how we perceive it and what we want to take forward. Um, so we take what a responsible adult should take and we release the rest. We release the need to correct the story for others. We release the need to... Um, Um, fix what happened unless there are real um, ethical issues at play if you feel like you know you need to make a complaint or file a lawsuit of course I completely support you in that I'm not saying that there's no justice to be had but for many of us we carry these stories and we sort of ruminate on them trying to fix them when we can't all we can do is take what's ours and keep moving forward so um I was in a yoga class this morning and the teacher said something that really struck me as I was thinking about this podcast. She said that when we're in pain, we tend not to want to move in that area of our body um, because we want to preserve ourselves and keep ourselves safe. So, um, you know, I've had bad neck pain recently and it's true. When my neck is in pain, I don't want to move. I want to keep it stable. I want to, you know, refrain from moving it in the way that hurts. Um, but what it really needs is the circulation of blood and oxygen there to heal. Um, so when you are in pain in your career, when it feels like something unfair happened, when it feels like a job didn't pan out the way you wanted, or a career path didn't pan out the way you wanted, and you're sad or frustrated or feeling lost or feeling like you can't do anything right, We have to keep moving because we have to keep that metaphorical blood and oxygen flowing to the parts of us that need that healing. So that could mean literally moving, um, getting to a yoga class, riding your bike, going for a walk, getting out um, among new colleagues, um, contacting someone to go to coffee and network with. Um, It doesn't mean that we have to figure everything out, but when we're recovering from a loss, when something happened that is painful for us, um, we have to just keep moving, and oftentimes that does mean physically, because, you know, we tend to think that our neurology is separate from our physiology, but nothing could be further from the truth. If you are feeling stuck or stagnant in your career, I encourage you to move your body in a new way. Go to a class that you've never been to, or ride a bike or go for the first run you've gone on in three years, move your body in a new way because it will get your neurons firing in a new way as well. And things will start to, um, happen. You will have new awareness, new people coming into your life, new ideas, new possibilities. Um, so literally move let these feelings move through you Um, continue to move and let the pain soften through your commitment to your own growth and continued evolution Um, and there will be times where you move and you're feeling good and like okay I'm you know I'm integrating the fact that I was fired or I'm integrating the fact that I was just laid off and that was really scary Um, and you can feel like you're having forward momentum, and then another wave of sadness or anger could come back, and that is totally natural. The grieving process is not linear at all. It is, I think it's a spiral. It happens in waves. It's different for each of us. The point is to let what exists exist. Don't fight it or try to stuff it down or make sense of it even. Your mind will want to say that, you know, I thought I was over this already or I shouldn't be so angry at the people at that last workplace or um, I shouldn't feel guilty about leaving my team. Your mind will want to make sense of it and um, tell a story about it, but we don't need to do that. We can just let the feelings exist there, put our hands on our heart and process what's coming up and then keep moving. So, um, concretely if you have experienced loss in your career and you're wondering how to handle it in a job search or how you can talk about it as you transition into something else um you know on your resume if it was a really short stint if you started something and then were laid off or left or were fired quickly um you could just leave it off of your resume entirely if it's um I would say if it's a three-month or more gap, you should include it, and, um, you know, you get to decide how much you want to divulge in the interview, but on your resume, I would leave it off if it doesn't feel good to you to um, talk about it, not that you want to lie about it or pretend like it didn't happen, but it just may not be salient information for the hiring manager that's looking at your resume. If it's three months or more and you feel yucky about how things ended, you can still, on your resume, highlight what you achieved there, no matter how it ended. Highlight the accomplishments that you achieved at that job, in that work. Um, Highlight the things that you are proud of. And, um, you know, I won't go into resume writing, but highlight the things that you're proud of, no matter how it ended. In the interview process and as you're networking, um, if something ended badly and you're concerned about how to talk about that with others through the interview process or as you're meeting people and talking about what's next, um, again, you get to decide what story you want to tell about it. You get to decide how much you want to tell. I encourage you to be discerning about who you share what with, um, so always honesty is helpful, but, um, you don't need to go into lots of detail with people that you're just meeting for the first time. So, um, you know, if you were, let's say if you were fired and, um, you're out networking or you're in an interview process and someone asks you what happened, um, you can be honest about the fact that you were let go, Um, and you can be honest about what you're taking responsibility for and you, you don't have to say much else other than that. Um, you can say, you know, I take responsibility for the fact that I, um, didn't meet those expectations. Um, you know, I really tried, but in the end it just wasn't a good fit and here's what I've learned and here's what I would do next. Um, so be honest, take responsibility for what's yours, and talk about what you are going to highlight or change or tweak in your next role. Um, Don't, as much as you can, I know our egos like to get into bad-mouthing or um, putting the blame on other people, even if it's deserved, even if what happened to you is really unfair or was unjust, it doesn't serve you in the interview process to talk about it that way what serves you is to come across as positive resilient um, taking full responsibility for what happened and highlighting what you've learned from it that's what's going to help you get into the next thing you can save your feelings about it for you know your own processing your own writing about it or in the work that you do with a therapist or a coach Um, Yeah, if you're making a pivot or change in your career, if a career path didn't pan out like you thought it would and you have grief around that but you want to try something new or you're even feeling like you need to get back into something just to pay the bills – um, highlight what you still, what you learned in that experiment. Um, nothing is worthless. Nothing is a waste of time. Um, things that we decide to do in our careers may not pan out the way we thought, but you are always gaining information. You're always skill building. You're always growing. Um, so highlight what you've learned and what you're excited to take with you from that experience into the future. Um, there's so much, potential available to each of us no matter what we've experienced in our careers and we get to decide how we want to deal with the emotions that come up for us how we want to tell the stories about what happened who we want to tell those stories to and how we want to integrate the pain in a way that propels us forward in our career Um, and I know some of this some of this feels sort of cheesy for me to talk about like just you know turn your scars into art and, you know, make the most of what happened and turn it into something positive. And when you're really upset about something that happened, that just feels like you just want to, that doesn't feel helpful. And I get that. Um, You will find your own way to make sense of what happened to you in your career. You will find your own way to integrate the learning from that, and it may take a while, and that's totally okay. Um, The same rules apply. Let the feeling exist, process it, look at the story you're telling, and keep moving. Keep moving so that the oxygen and the blood will flow literally and metaphorically to the places in you that need healing. Um, In closing, I want to share a really beautiful um, paragraph from Toko Pa Turner, who wrote a book called Belonging, which I highly recommend. Um, and here she's talking about grief. And she writes Grief is the expression of healing in motion. As you make the seemingly bottomless descent, it helps to remember that grief is the downpour your soul has been thirsting for. Because what remains hidden for too long doesn't change. It is calcified in place, often sealed by shame, left untouched and forgotten by time. But when it can finally come into the open to be seen, it is exposed to new conditions and it begins to move. It rises on a salty geyser of tears, sometimes sung to the surface by a terrific moan, streaming down our cheeks until it moistens the soil where we stand, preparing us for new growth. The leaves on the trees this time of year have to fall to the floor. That's the only way that the tree can regenerate and have new growth in the spring. The leaves that fall to the ground compost the earth. They make the earth below richer for other creatures to grow in. Um, It is a necessary and beautiful part of life on this earth. And it doesn't always feel comfortable for us when we're going through periods of loss or change or grief um, but it is natural and absolutely essential to our growth. So if you have strong feelings that are coming up, if you feel sad or betrayed or angry about things that have happened in your career, um, that's wonderful. It means that you're growing. It means that the grief has come to the surface enough for it to move and change and shift. Um, and you get to decide how you want to do that. And it's, it's really beautiful and you are encouraged and held and supported by nature at this time to do that thank you so much for being here if you like the kind of space I hold and are in need of some extra support in your career right now I hope you'll check out a wild new work which again is open until October 23rd Um, I will see you next month for another episode of a wild new work ecological guidance for your career and um, yeah take such good care and thank you again for being here